Well, a wonderful Wednesday afternoon. How are you? And welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Orders Nation YouTube and Facebook. Hello to those watching, those listening at sports1440.ca. And of course, uh, on your trusty app, the uh, Stingray app, of course, uh, Radio Player app or uh, iHeartRadio, wherever you uh, download it. It's great. It's a good signal. We love it. So uh, thank you very much for uh, spending the next four hours with us here on uh, the Jason Greger Show presented by Play alberta.ca and hey did anybody have mcdavid for six apples probably not but uh maybe you took him for uh, over two points last night you'd be happy of course uh you can do uh, individual uh player bets you can do prop bets you can parlay them stack them up whatever you like uh at play alberta.ca if you've yet to try it use the promo code sports 50 and you'll get a free 50 dollar wager at play alberta.ca well, if uh, you like entertainment, it's been a while. It's been a while since the orders uh, put it up. And hey, look at it's It's funny how one game you came in and Alex Lyon was killing it for the Detroit Red Wings. And a 921 save percentage he was 10, 2, and 2 in his last. It actually had 928 save percentage in those 14 games. And Ville Husso, who just returns from an injury, comes in, starts, allows a goal, out. He's gone. Gets injured, re-aggravates something, and uh, Alex Lyon has to come in, and he gives up Cody Cece's first goal in 127 games. Cody Cece goal and an assist in the first period last night. Stepping up, saying, hey, I'll just stay with Nurse. Thank you very much, Coach. So uh, away you go, Cody Cece. The uh, drought is over now, all the focus. Like, Connor Brown was probably like, oh, my God, no, no, no. Now they're just... You know, it's coming up on 60 games for uh, for Connor Brown, and he's a forward. Like, Cody Cece's a defensive defenseman. He ain't supposed to score. Obviously, every defenseman likes to chip in once or twice. But, uh, you know, Cody Cece, his, uh, his main goal every game isn't to score goals. It's to prevent them. Done pretty good jobs. Plus 12 this year for the Orders. Nothing, uh, nothing wrong with Cece's game, despite some people. Right? But it wasn't uh, Cody Cece's first in 127 that ended up being the uh, story of the game. Uh, orders, I thought, had a good first period. Second period, mm, not good. It was sloppy. It was loose, discombobulated. Pick any adjective you want. It was not great. And it was really kind of highlighted by the Patrick Kane goal where the orders first line uh, with the Ekholm and Bouchard pairing. <laughs> Man, that was a comedy of errors. That It started with Ekholm on a terrible pinch in the offensive zone. Now, he does get back. And uh, negated the shot. So that part was good. It was a great back check. And then the puck stayed in the offensive zone. Is bouncing all over. The Nugent Hopkins had it. He couldn't clear it out. McDavid was there. He couldn't clear it out. Eventually it scores. And you're just like, what is happening? That was a terrible shift. But they refocused. And in the third period, they came out and Connor McDavid took over. He, like, just look at the four check on uh, the, uh, the Dylan Holloway goal that started in the corner. That was unreal. Right, his spin move to Evander Kane. Are you kidding me? Stellar. You had uh, the Nugent Hopkins. It's probably one of the nicest goals he scored. His first one right through the middle of the ice, buries at home. It was it was a hell of a third period by Edmonton, and they needed it. They beat a team that five on five just hasn't been getting a lot of luck. Well, they fired in eight goals last night, five on five, because they didn't get one power play chance. They didn't need it. Detroit scored two power play goals. But uh, the orders, five on five, were a force. 
last night. And, you know, we talked about before the game that they actually had the worst expected goals to actual goal ratio. They were minus 50.59. After last night, it's down, it's up, I guess, to uh, only minus 0.44. After one game, that's a pretty significant jump. So uh, good on the orders. They uh, they took over the game last night. Uh, they're a better team than Detroit. They showed it in the third period. And they showed that, yeah, okay, you know what? Our second period, and when they were bad, don't overlook Stuart Skinner. Because Detroit had more high-danger chances. The orders were giving up odd man rushes like uh, some of you romantics are giving out uh, candy today. You know, you're lining up at the store. All the young lovers are like, oh, I got to get some chocolates. Got to get, hey, are, are roses double price today? Yes, but I'm buying them anyway. So there you go. Good luck to all of you. The uh, veterans realize that, you know what, it's best just to uh, to do it, uh, you know, love tokens at different times of the year. And then just a small little thing on Valentine, just to remind them, hey, you know what, you're special, right? You can uh, have all the cards. Uh, Connor Halley, was, you know what, uh, first year married, Connor was writing love notes to uh, Ashley on the cards this morning. That's what happens. Everybody remembers that. It's great. It's a great time. It's wonderful, right? He choo-choo chooses her. He had all the other different things. Hey, I would split my dessert with you at any point. You know, all the uh, all the cute little stuff that's necessary at times, which is great. And uh, that's what the con man was doing. Uh, he was asking us, you know, he was showing us what he was going to write last night. It was uh, it was very nice. So that was uh, that was special. And uh, happy Valentine's Day to uh, to all of you who uh, who celebrate Valentine's Day. Some more than others, but however you celebrate it, I hope it's great. And uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be with a romantic partner. It can be with whoever you like to to send them a little note. Who doesn't remember the time when you were a kid, you know, you went to school and everybody had the little Valentines. You'd hand them all out. It was great. You know, maybe you had a teacher who would always give you a little bit extra sweets. So that was nice. It's uh, it's fun times. Uh, really good times. So hope uh, hope you enjoy it and have a, a great Valentine's. Uh, the orders now head out on a, on a road trip. They're into St. Louis tomorrow night. Then Dallas, Saturday afternoon. Arizona, next Monday afternoon on Family Day. So, uh, three decent teams. Uh, St. Louis and Arizona, definitely teams below the orders in the standings. Now, St. Louis is going to be pissed off. They went into Toronto last night. No Morgan Riley. He's suspended. No Mitch Marner. No John Tavares. And St. Louis mustered up a grand total of 15 shots on goal. And shout out to Bobby McMahon, the pride of Wainwright, Alberta, picking up his first ever NHL hat trick. He had two career goals in the NHL before yesterday. Got a hattie. And did you see his second goal? Whew, what a bullet. What a ripper. So, man, Wainwright was partying last night. I love it. It's outstanding. So, uh, the uh, Maple Leafs, uh, lots of their depth guys stepped up last night. And uh, led them to victory. It's amazing sometimes what happens, uh, you know, when you give other guys opportunities. So, you know, you got to take advantage of it when you get it. So, uh, you know, that's probably a good thing for the Maple Leafs. And uh, now Wheeling Nylander was uh, sick today, so we'll see. They might not have all their guys. But uh, the Blues will probably be a little bit ornery. So the orders, where they haven't had a ton of success lately in St. Louis, will uh, will try to continue uh, and uh, get on a little bit of a winning streak again. They know a thing or two about winning lately. 28 and 8 under Chris Knobloch. Not bad, Connor Halley. Not bad at all. How you doing, Con Man? Doing good. Uh, 
appreciate your help with those those love letters I was writing out yesterday. I know you've had a few of those in your time, so uh, appreciate the advice from you, you, always and gotta, Declan, you know, what? you know it's, it's what veteran teammates do. Absolutely, right? they absolutely. help out certain things. I'm like, no, 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 don't. I, I think too often people get caught up in the hype of Valentine's Day. Right? You, uh, the best day. Hey, you know what? Valentine's Day is on the 14th of uh, of February. Everybody knows. Well, some of you are probably like, oh my God, I just realized it's Valentine's Day. Well, good luck to you. <laughs> but I always recommend. You know what? Go buy roses two weeks before or tulips or find out whatever her favorite flowers. If that's what you really want to do, she'll appreciate that because it's random. It's not the day where you – and then you can just have a little card that uh, tells her or him because ladies, you know, guys have feelings too, just so you know. Right? They like to be known that they're appreciated, respected. It's all nice. So, you know, they might give you a groan if you send them a little love letter, but deep down they'll like it. Don't, uh, don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. So it's uh, it's good, Cons. Uh, are you going out for uh, dinner? Are you making dinner? What's uh, what's your Valentine's evening plans? You know, I feel like the uh, the rush to get out on Valentine's Day is kind of overrated, you know? So we, we give it a couple of days. We'll go out to uh, make dinner. Uh, I did the flowers and chocolate thing, surprise, this morning. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't love Valentine's Day, Gregor, to be totally honest with you. Uh, I, I sound like a, I don't know, maybe a snob here, but I think kind of a corporate holiday you know i I like what you said like do it throughout the year you know maybe it's a september 15th hey here's some flowers uh drop off some chocolate some candy mid mid april you know sure just just yeah just pick your own day give give nice things Mm -hmm. a show you care in your own way but i I think you got to do something on valentine's day it's like the nfl combine you don't want to be unprepared (laughs) you you can you can look okay, but you don't want to look bad on Valentine's Day. You don't want to look bad at the Combine. I think there's parallels oh, there. Oh, that's a classic. <laughs> it's like the NFL Combine. <laughs> that is a great that's comparison. What I tell her. Yeah. Great comparison. Yeah, gentlemen, tell your uh, your special uh, lady, honey, you know what? It's just like the uh, the Combine. I want to be prepared. Do you want to? Uh, how quick can you be in the in the 40? Right? Let's see what happens here. Why not? So it's great. 833-401-1440. You can uh, text us in our Ewell inbox. We've got a loaded show for you today. I'm pumped. Dave McCarthy is uh, going to join us. Oh, could you imagine Dave? Oh, I could see Dave. He probably, you know, sitting there with the birds singing in the background. You know, uh, TR is another guy. It's too bad we don't have TR on today. I could imagine him. Oh, my goodness. He just loves those little Vimos that he does. Could you imagine love notes that guy's written in his time? Oh, my God. Like, we might have to get him the right one tomorrow. <laughs> Because I guarantee you, he's got a few, and they're just dripping with fromage. It's fantastic. So uh, Dave McCarthy will join us. Uh, Tyler Remchuk in hour number one. Who is it Wednesday today? we got a great guest. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, 16 years as a pro. Played in uh, three different leagues, four different leagues, in fact. Right? Uh, had... Uh, a career in the uh, in the NHL that uh, spanned over uh, a decade. Also played in Europe, a little bit in the in the minors. Some uh, other uh, I'll, I'll, oh here's a good tip. This for people who are in the know, they might get this one. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to think back a long time, many years ago. But this player is Shona Strudwick's favorite NHL player. Hint, it's not her husband. Okay? So, yes. It's, uh, it's her favorite NHL player of all time. That's our Who Is It uh, Wednesday guest today. So, uh, you can feel free to uh, chime in if you think you know who it is. It's nice. 
Hey, guys, uh, what are your thoughts on the orders giving up odd man rushes last night? Trev, well, Trev, it wasn't a good second period. There's no question about it. But look in the third period. They completely dominated, right? Like, no team, the, the, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Colorado Avalanche, the Tampa Bay Lightning, there are teams that are going to have bad periods. You're going to have even a, a bad stretch here and there. The Edmonton orders under Chris Knobloch have been pretty damn good. I never overreact to one, one stretch. How they responded in the third period to me was most impressive. And it was led by their captain. Connor McDavid, who, you know what, he took that game over in the third period. And he was on the ice. And I know I didn't set, like, he was very open after the game. He's like, oh my goodness, Stuart Skinner, uh, actually calls him Stu, but uh, Stuart Skinner to us. Uh, he said, hey, he held us in there. We gave up way too many uh, chances. We gave up way too many odd man rushes. Forwards weren't uh, back pressing. Defensemen were making strange pinches, uh, in his words. It was a terrible second period. The first was good, the third was great. And the second was not very good. And sometimes that can happen. I'll say this, the, their coach, you could tell Chris Knobloch wasn't pleased because, you know what, Warren Fogle in the third period made a giveaway. Guess what? Boom, right down to the fourth line. There was other guys switched up. He, I, I think the leash is getting shorter now with Chris Knobloch. Not all the time. And, and he didn't bench a guy, but he's just like, here's your, you're on notice. You're getting a little bit of a demotion here. There's, we don't want that especially because they talked about in the second intermission, and then you had to give away early in the third period. And, and to me, I'm fine. I love a coach. It doesn't matter. And guess what? Next game, Warren Fogel's going to start right where he should. And that's perfect. Y- you don't have to make a massive example. But Warren Fogel's been a pretty good player for Edmonton here for, for many months. Right? They switched up other lines. They switched up deep pairs for a short time. Uh, it's good ways, different ways to get your uh, your coach your player's attention as a head coach. And Chris Knobloch didn't come out. He didn't need to rip him afterwards. He just said, hey, what did he say? We had more giveaways tonight than we did the whole month of January. And I thought that was very accurate. And it's not a, it's not ripping your team. It's just pointing out, hey, we need to manage the puck better. And I suspect that, you know what, they responded. And to me, that's the key. It's not, you can't change the mistakes once they're made. You address them, and then it's, how do you respond afterwards? And I thought the orders last night, that was an excellent response in the third period. But, Trev, I wouldn't get, uh, I wouldn't get too, uh, too worried about, um, you know, if, if all of a sudden we see it game after game again that the orders are giving up odd man rushes, then I think it's an issue. One period, and then they lock it back down in the third, you're like, okay. That, that to me, is a sign of a good team. You're going to have some, some slips here, but no. Hey, Gregor, is it David Oliver, Mac from Spruce Grove? Uh, it is not. Uh, although David Oliver was in the building last night, funny enough, Mac. Were you up in the press box? So uh, every time I see David Oliver, all I think of is my buddy Hutch uh, way back when, when Oliver was playing for the order, sitting in the crowd and saying, Hey, Oliver, you're all over the ice. He thought it was the greatest chant of all time. God, it was terrible. But we still laugh about it uh, uh, many years later. So, hey, guys, am I the only one hoping it's his cousin Scott Niedemeyer? <laughs> <laughs> from imitation Tom. <laughs> it's not family. Uh, although we've had uh, Scott and Rob uh, both on the show uh, at times. So there you go. 833-401-1440. Hey, guys, we'd like to know your thoughts on bringing back Costin. He liked it here and had success. Seems lost in Detroit from McGavin. Well, I'm not bringing back Clem Costin as a fourth-line player who doesn't kill penalties, who makes $2 bucks. Doesn't make any sense. Clem Costin, you know what? Had a great run in Edmonton. He became a fan favorite. It was very noticeable. He adds a physical element to the team. But he was 
you know, defensively, not overly reliable. Now, maybe that was Woodcroft. Maybe it'd be different. But at two million bucks, orders can't do it. That you can't have a fourth line guy making two million bucks. And who doesn't kill penalties? And you know, it's just not going to happen. So I don't see uh, uh, Clean Costin coming here. And, you know, good for him. He got his money, right? But when his contract's up, you watch. I think, you know what, he might find a place where, hey, uh, it could, and it's funny, like, might, right or wrong, things change from an organization. Like, they needed to get bigger and tougher, and Costin definitely does that. Like, that guy, he's kind of an old school guy. When he fights, like, there's not a lot of defense. He's like, like last year, I don't know if you remember the story. They're playing LA. It was in January. The orders were playing brutal. They got pumped. I think it was like eight to two by the Kings. There's like five minutes left in the game. And credit to Lemieux because he agreed to fight and clean Costin because uh, some of his teammates, so Costin and guys in the Kings said, Costin said, okay, let's go, but no defense. Let's just throw. And you're just like, what? <laughs> like he was a different bird, man. And you know that. His teammates heard that. A lot of his teammates said that kind of fired him up and got them going on a little bit of a, a run. Now, they obviously hated the fact that they got pumped in L.A., but I, I don't see clean costs. And when I look at what the orders now, the orders, I'll say this, they got to revamp their fourth line, man. It's painfully obvious to me. Connor Brown, I think we don't even need to talk. I just need to say the name, and I think everybody's in the same position. Right? You can't have Brown, Ryan, and Gagne. They can't work. You got three guys. No one's over a over 5'10". No one's physical. Right, it doesn't work. So when I when I look right now, I would as much as they would like a second line right winger, which would help because then it would push someone down to the fourth line. So there is that's a benefit. But I think they need I think they need a fourth line center. I would argue they might need two bodies right now. That was on their fourth line last night. They need two new bodies come playoff time between now and March seventh. That's uh, that's how I see it. So. Hey, guys, what do you think of uh, Dylan Holloway? I didn't mind him. Bumped up, adds a little speed. Yeah, the Holloway-Fogel-McLeod line, I get the theory fast, 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 but I don't know. It doesn't – something's missing there. Like, I think they go 100 miles an hour, but they're not accomplishing a lot. So, uh, I, I, you know, Corey Perry just adds a different element, right? Not everybody has to be a burner all the time. So, yeah, I don't mind Dylan Holloway. Right? Like, Dylan Holloway played left wing – Started out. Then he played center when they changed the lines, and he was out with Kane and Perry for a bit. Then he played right wing. So uh, he was the uh, the Swiss Army knife last night for uh, for Chris Knobloch. Uh, we got a lot of texts. We'll get to those. Uh, when we come back, uh, Dave McCarthy joins us, 833-401-1440 in our uh, Jiffy Lube inbox. Also, uh, after uh, Who Is It Wednesday, Mike Rupp, of course. Uh, Elks assistant GM G-Roy Simon will uh, join us. Uh, Elks weren't overly busy in free agency, but they got the best kick returner out there, no question. We'll talk about that and you know some other potential moves. Uh, spec will be by Paul Sir and more on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. It's for love, actually. I think it might be. As by the way, it is Valentine's Day, and so if uh, if you are looking for a good uh, movie to watch, if you like the romance, Love Actually can't uh, can't go wrong. It's a uh, it's a classic. Lots of uh, lots of different levels of love, and some good and bad. So it's uh, it'll hit you in the feels, no question about it. Young love, old love, you know the uh, never gonna happen love. It's all there. It's great. Let's uh, let's go around the NHL. Brought to my McDonald's. And hey, guess what? Right now, Ronald McDonald House does is one of the the thing the one of the institutions in our city that probably doesn't get the love it deserves as much. While uh, all the local owners in, in McDonald's they chip in. So right now with McDonald's, they've teamed up. You can go 
and uh, and for five dollars you can get the uh, the Ronald McDonald House little package and it comes with all sorts of GCs worth up to twenty dollars fries cheeseburgers cones coffee all of it and uh, all the proceeds will go to help out the expansion of Ronald McDonald House so uh, stop in right now. It's got the nice heart on it, too. So there's a nice little uh, Valentine's potentially for you. But uh, that is fantastic what they're doing. And uh, they're going to double Ronald McDonald House in size. And even when they double it, that's still probably only going to fill about 65% of the demand. It is hugely important. Anybody out there who's ever used it, had a friend who knows uh, how special Ronald McDonald is to those families who have kids in the stallery, it's amazing. So uh, you can uh, you can get great food. Cheeseburgers. Are you kidding me? Woo. No onions, but they're awesome at McDonald's. Uh, Dave McCarthy from uh, Sirius XM uh, joins us. Uh, Davey, uh, you know, I could see you, you know, writing love letters and love notes, you know, as the birds chirp in the background to give you some inspiration. What uh, do you have like a favorite romantic movie? Well, I'll tell you what, I love the fact that you brought up Love Actually, because I love it. It's an outstanding movie. It's one that I tend to watch, though, more at Christmas time. Yes, true. Valentine's Day. True. Um, but, like, just every every aspect of that movie is is legit. I love the scene at the end where uh, Liam Neeson's little boy is running through the airport trying yeah. to hunt down his girlfriend there. And I love Liam Neeson in a comedic role, right? It yeah. shows his range. So that one, that one's an all-timer. And I think another one that I really like doesn't get talked about as often. Uh, in fact, Hugh Grant also in it. Uh, Notting Hill with uh, Julia Roberts. Uh, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. I mean, who doesn't know that line? Mm-hmm. And, then when, and then when he stands up in the press conference, when he's representing Horse and Hound, and asks her if she is going to be remaining in London for the foreseeable future, and she says yes. If that doesn't bring you to your knees, I don't know what does. I like it, Dave. Uh, I like it. Um, the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs weren't happy, but uh, you know what? Uh, with the suspension, it is what it is. He gets a five games. We knew he was going to get suspended. I thought it was probably worth two or three. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Morgan Riley's out. They're 1-0 without him. But they also didn't have Mitch Marner and John Tavares, and uh, and they won. Now, I don't expect Bobby McMahon to score a hat-trick every night. Obviously not, Dave. But if, if you, I, I was, I've was i been watching Toronto lately, and when I look at the minutes deployed by their coach sometimes um, – you know, and if you're using your best guys always on the penalty kill, I think it's harder for other guys to get involved in the game. The biggest change Knobloch did when he came in here is he kind of took away some of his top guys on the penalty kill and gave the other bottom six guys more of a role so they stay in the game more. Like, it's not like it's about scoring. It's just you don't sit for as long a stretch, right? And, you know, I saw people saying, well, Toronto should play like this all the time. But, you know, some guys got more minutes than they would normally get. And, and I wonder if you think there's any chance – the coach would would try to reduce some of the minutes of his top six because he relies on them very heavily. Well, it's interesting, right? Because this was always the thing that people were, uh, quite frankly, whining and complaining about when Mike Babcock was here. And he tended to play Austin Matthews 17 to 18 minutes a night. And all we heard then was uh, how you only play in Austin Matthews 17 minutes a night. you got to play him 23, 24 minutes. Well, see, this is the type of thing that, um, I don't think people who, who you know who, who complain about this, I don't think they truly understand the game because you're right. Okay, so you you put Austin Matthews on the ice 23 minutes, put Mitch Marner on the ice 23, 24 minutes. 
because, well, they can score a goal more than the other guys. Well, that's all well and good. But then what happens to the other guys is that they they become detached from the game. And, and you start to lose any contributions from your depth. And there will be nights where your top guys just don't have it going. And then your, your guys lower in the lineup don't give you anything. Um, and then all we hear is, well, Leafs don't get any depth scoring. Well, why? Because the depth guys get like 10 to 12 minutes a night. What do you expect, really, um, when that's going to be the case? So last night, they needed their depth, right? That's basically all they had in the lineup, save yeah. for Austin Matthews and, and William Elan, who, in fact, was actually sick last night. He didn't practice today. And his his status is uncertain. So you saw guys lower in the lineup, uh, like Bobby McMahon, who showed up at the rink in the morning, not even expecting to play. He thought he was going to be a healthy scratch. Turns out he gets moved up, plays a legit role um, on a line with uh, David Camp and Noah, and they had a great they had a great game. And Alex Steves was at home in his living room at five o'clock when yeah. his phone rang. And said, hey, can you play tonight? Like, I mean, talk about almost like when your buddies call you up for men's league, we need another body, except this time it was Brad Trailing. So that was pretty cool. And he had like um, six hits. Right? And he, he played a real good game with uh, with Pontus Holberg and Ryan Reeves. That fourth line um, did what you wanted out of a fourth line. They they spent some time in the ozone. They rolled around. They hit. Um, and, and they didn't and they didn't keep they didn't get hemmed into their own end. So You've got contributions from all throughout the lineup, and I think that's sometimes why it's important um, when you go through circumstances like this where so many of your top guys are unavailable. Uh, Sheldon Key pointed out yesterday, when you know you're needed, sometimes that can really give you a shot in the arm. And from a depth standpoint, you know, that's arguably as good a game as I've seen just about anybody not named Tavares, Marner, Nylander, or Matthews play all year long, and they look good because of it. Dave, uh, Connor McDavid, first time in his career, he has six assists in a game. All six came at uh, five on five. Uh, he also finished plus six for the first time in his NHL career. He uh, He's now within 13 points of Kucherov. He has five games in hand on him. Uh, he's 10 back of McKinnon. On January 24th, he was 22 points out of the, uh, the scoring lead. Uh, three times in NHL history has the Art Ross winner, uh, came back from uh, 20 points or more. Uh, but each time there was a, an injury involved. In, in 2011, when uh, Sedin won it, uh, he was 20 points back at Crosby. Then Crosby played one more game and got hurt, of course, at the uh, what, the Outdoor Classic that year. That was the uh, inadvertent uh, um, David Steckel. David Steckel, uh, elbow, shoulder to the head, and Crosby was out, didn't play another game. Uh, you had Peter Forsberg in 2002-2003 was 32 points behind Marilyn Mew. And uh, and then got on a heater, no question, in his final 45 games. And Lemieux, you know, he, he was sick. He was coming off of, uh, you know, cancer. He was, had some nagging injuries. Uh, he still did play 66 games, 67 games, I think it was that year. But Forsberg, 32. And uh, Mary Lemieux himself in 87, 88 was 23 points back at Gretzky. Then Gretzky got hurt for a month. And uh, Gretzky ended the season at 2.33 points per game, had 149 points, but missed 16 games and Lemieux beat him. So Connor McDavid... Could he come back? He's 22 points. He's already closed it to nine. He has five games in hand. I'll be honest, Dave, in the middle of January, I was like, you know what? I think it's going to be a two-horse race. I am I am saying today that Connor McDavid is back in the race. It's going to be hard to do, but he is officially back in the race for the Art Ross. What do you say? It's, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I was looking at that last night when I got home from the Leaf game and was just going over what happened elsewhere, and I, 
I happened to notice that my doppelganger had six assists last night. Now, in saying that, Jason, when you say that's the first time, well, I bring it up because, honest to God, I get the question all the time. It's just not me making it up. But anyway, my point being is that um, when you said that's his first time that he's ever got six assists in a game, that in and of itself, I'm like, really? He hasn't done that before? And that speaks to the brilliance of Connor McDavid, because honestly, I was surprised to hear that. I thought he probably would have done that before. I certainly would have bet yes, if you had asked me last night. Um, so what is he, 13 points back now of Kucherov? Yeah, five with games five game, With five games in hand. And I thought to myself, like you, uh, two, three weeks ago, yeah, I just I don't think it's going to be in the cars for Connor this year. Last night at around one in the morning, I was looking at my phone and I thought to myself, hell, he might catch Kucherov by the end of next week <laughs> if, he keeps, if he keeps it up. So um, I'm, I'm officially ready to decree that, that 97 is back in the race for the Art Ross. Um, you know, and saying that, Kucherov probably go up, put up five points tonight. Who knows? But the way Connor is playing right now, um, I think it would be foolish to suggest that with 30 or so games left that he can't hunt him down uh, with the ability that he has to put up fours and fives uh, in points on any given night. Yeah, I think he's back in the race. And and another guy, Dave, was off to a very slow start. But uh, Alex Ovechkin, the grade eight, has now scored in six straight games. And he's up to 14 goals, which isn't a huge number. But with every goal, you know, because that, that quest for Gretzky's goal record is something I think a lot of people just want to see. Like, it's fun to mm-hmm. see history made. And we're like, oh, my God, like, oh, he's slowing down here. Like, it's it's definitely not a given because he just showed you that for 40 games, maybe he, you know, and he can't be the sniper you want. But he he's found he's found something again. He's got some confidence again. There's no question about it. And, uh, you know, that uh, Washington, they're not going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be trading away guys here in the next three weeks. But the, the OV chase over the next few years is, is likely the only thing that Washington fans have going for them. Oh, without question. I mean, they're not winning anything again. Let's get real here. Uh, that team is, is its best days are behind it. So Ovi's quest really is the only thing. It's funny, right? Even one of the greatest goal scorers of all time, I read a piece from Tom Galiti on NHL.com yesterday. You had a good sit down with him. And he even said, Ovi said, like, yeah, it's good to see Puck go in. Um, (laughs) Essentially, it means he was starting to lose a little bit of confidence, right? Um, so you see it go in now six times in a row. Now you got a little bit of a pep in your step. Now you're, you're shooting with confidence again. You're shooting, expecting to see it go in rather than hoping it goes in. And that makes a difference to an extent. So, um, look, what's he got 14 now? I think now 30 goals, 30 plus goals is legitimately in the question. If he can have a stronger second half, which, um, coming out of the All-Star break, I, I mean, we were wondering if 20 goals would be would be a possibility. Um, so, you know, that's good because he needs to he needs to score like 30-goal pace to legitimately have a chance here to hunt down Gresky before it gets to a point where he's too far along in years. If he can continue to put 30-goal seasons up, he absolutely has a chance. And it looks like he has rediscovered a little bit of confidence, but... Um, in terms of Washington as a team this year, they're they're not making the playoffs. I I just don't see them in the Metro Division um, being able to to keep themselves in the in the mix. Uh, certainly, the way uh, the Devils have started to play lately, man, if they could ever get a stop, I I still really do like them. 
Um, I just don't see Washington as a, as a contender in the Metro. Dave McCarthy from uh, SiriusXM joins us. Dave, the uh, the playoff race is going to be fantastic because like, there's teams where, honestly, from day to day, you're like, what is happening? The L.A. Kings shut out the Edmonton Orders, and then Anze Kopitar thinks that he's going for the green jacket at the Masters and gets a dash six in one game. It's amazing. Like, the L.A. Kings, David Riddich had looked good. He got spanked. Like, that game last night in Buffalo was unbelievable to me. Like, I don't I don't really know what to make of the Kings. Like, the Kings, we saw the Red Wings. You know, Alex Lyon got lit up. You know, where are they? Where are the Penguins? Where are the Devils? Where are the Islanders? Where are the Seattle Crack? And what about the Blues? You know, they got 15 shots last night in Toronto. Like, you know, they're, uh, the wild card teams are all in the hunt. I'm just not sure any of them are any good. Yeah, no, I, I I missed a lot of that you were breaking up, but I think I got the gist of it at the end there. Um, I I don't really see a wild card team that is a contender right now, yeah. and that's in stark contrast to to years in the past. I mean, yeah, I remember talking to Jim Nill, the GM of the Dallas Stars. I think it was not this, maybe three Novembers ago, twenty one, something like that. And he said at the time that he thought there were legitimately like 23, 24 teams that could make a serious case um, to win a Stanley Cup. I don't see that being the case this year uh, at all. In the uh, in the East, you look at who's in a wildcard position right now, Toronto and Detroit. Could Toronto get it together? I think there's there's more there for them to give. I really do, especially if they go out and get a defenseman. Detroit, they're not a Stanley Cup contender this year. If um, the Islanders sneak in, I just don't see them having enough uh, firepower, uh, certainly at even strength, to to go on a long run and contend for a Stanley Cup. The Devils, they, maybe they squeeze in, but, man, they can't get a stop. Um, so unless they address that, if they get a goalie, I might have to revisit. Um, but I'm not convinced they're going to be a cup contender. Uh, Pittsburgh, like, I'm just, I'm sorry, I, I don't see it. Maybe they squeeze in, but I don't see it. You know, and in the in the West, same thing. St. Louis, I watched the team up close last night. That's not a Stanley Cup contender. I know they've gone on a good little run of late there, but um, just just not nearly good enough. That game, quite honestly, the Leaf Blues game, should have been 4 nothing midway through. Jordan Bennington stopped, uh, stopped two breakaways, uh, and then he came up with three or four other great stops that come to mind. Max Domi on a tap in front. Like, that game could have been 7 nothing. Now, the Blues didn't play very well last night no. either. No. But but I just that, – that to me is not a cup team, especially when you look at, at teams like Colorado and Dallas and Winnipeg and Vancouver and Edmonton and Vegas in the West – yeah, they're just not getting through that whole group. So, um, yeah, there is there is more. I won't say disparity in the league, but there's certainly a, a, a top heavy structure in terms of teams that can contend for a cup, and then the rest that might get in. But I don't see them in the same stratosphere. Dave, as always, uh, good to talk to you. Did you uh, do you have a favorite uh, Halloween sweet that you like to eat? Halloween. I'm oh, sorry, not Halloween. Valentine's. Day, oh, sweet. Valentine's. Um, yeah, I don't have the biggest sweet tooth of all time to be honest with. You. Got some Corolla creme in the fridge, so whipped up today. Oh. Might throw that out on Instagram. It's a it's a delicacy. Um, custard custard cookies are good. Um, you can't go wrong with a little chocolate. Like once in a while, I'll, I'll go to the sweet tooth, but it's one of those things I could walk by it on the counter. 
and and not take it as well. Mm. You're one of those guys, eh, Dave? Well, good for you. Good for you. No, all your self-discipline. That's fantastic. That's how I stay <laughs> lean and trim. Man. Yeah, that's right, Davey. I like it. Uh, nice. Uh, <laughs> Have yourself an. Uh, you kind of got the uh, the Brad Pitt when I'm watching you with your uh, the the shirt. You know the extra yeah. small sleeves and the uh, and the earbuds. You're looking like a Brad Pitt dancing in that one movie scene. I can't remember what it is, but God, it's making me laugh every time. Awesome. Is it from Burn After Reading? Uh, yes, yes, it is. Whereas, whereas, like, do you want the body bag? Body, body yeah. Well, burn the body. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Good, <laughs> good one, Davey. Good one. Uh, have a great day. We'll talk to you next week. That's uh, Dave McCarthy from uh, Sirius X. M242 uh, will return. Tyler Remchuk uh, will join us. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, Oilers. Uh, as here we are, it's Valentine's Day. Some uh, some trade talk for the orders. I know what the orders need for me. To me, it's obvious. I think there's two glaring errors, two glaring weaknesses, not errors, that they need. We'll get to that in more when we return to the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Welcome back. Lovely uh, Wednesday afternoon. Happy Valentine's Day. Hope uh got a little sweets in your life or uh, hey, maybe a nice little card, just a little note. It's always nice. Just, hey, you're special. We're thinking about you. So if you haven't got one, let us know. We'll send you one. We'll send you a text. We got uh, we got a few cents of humors here. Make you feel good. Eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Let's uh, get to the oil report brought to you by Volvo Cars Edmonton dot com. Where uh, man, you can stop in right now. Lots of great deals. You can lease a twenty twenty four XC sixty recharge for only two ninety nine a month. Right for twenty four months, and you'll save two thousand bucks. Or you can uh, finance the twenty twenty four XC forty. At 3.99%. Check it out. VolvoCarsEdmonton.com. This is our weekly uh, Wednesday guest from uh, Orders Nation. Tyler Remchuk uh, joins us. Uh, Ty, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, happy Valentine's Day to all your listeners. That's always such a weird thing to casually say to people, but uh, whatever. No, yeah, sure. You know, as long as you're not, well, I guess maybe it depends. If, if we're European, you run around just giving everybody a big smooch. It's Valentine's Day, right? That might be uh, normal in that culture. I don't know. Might have to ask somebody if, uh, if that's thing. I know when they greet you, it's the old double cheek kisser. It was awkward the first time in my life. Then I got used to it. It's fine. Um, uh, the Edmonton orders, uh, was, Almost like three different games. First period, pretty good. Good start. Second period, atrocious. Third period, unreal. And, uh, you know, Knobloch just comes out and kind of calls a spade a spade about his team. Like, we had more giveaways uh, tonight than we had in the whole month of January. And I actually think he was right. Like, I don't even think he was being hype. Like, that wasn't even hyperbole. I think that was probably close to accurate. Oh, and when you consider how many turnovers the Red Wings had as well, that <laughs> might have been like the highest volume turnover game we've seen all year. Like I, the Oilers had some egregious ones, the Nugent Hopkins, you know, flip inside the blue line that yeah. turned into a goal a couple of seconds later. But Ben Sherratt had an all-time bad shift on that Zach Hyman oh, goal. Oh, my god! Lifted off the glass and then got another chance to make a play, and it was right on Drysidle's tape. Like I don't even know where the lane was that he thought he saw. That was that was not a Picasso for either side. But I joked on Twitter after because I tweeted that after the second period. I said I don't think either side's going to be calling this one a Picasso tonight. Then I was like, well, actually. Connor McDavid kind of took a heap of garbage and formed it into a Picasso himself in the third period. Oh God. Yeah. He was, uh, you know, he was outstanding. And you know what? That line, 
That shift on the Patrick Kane goal, <laughs> that might have been their worst shift at any moment under Chris Knobloch. It was terrible. And those five play together a lot, the McDavid line with the uh, Bouchard and Ekholm pairing, and it was just atrocious. But you know what? It was, to me, a lot of times it's how you respond. And after that, like McDavid just took over. And, you know, the order is, it, it showed to me that they still know how to lock it down. And the good news was it probably doesn't get talked about. Stuart Skinner was outstanding in that game. Like, look how many odd man rushes he faced. Like, I know people will see an 893 save percentage, but uh, Detroit had a boatload of chances last night. Yeah, that is definitely one of those nights. And Calvin Pickard had one even the other day against the Anaheim Ducks where you look at the save percentage and you're like, ooh, not, not a great night by any means. But, like, again, the Oilers scoreboard ran away with that thing at the end. They very easily could have been down 5-3 at one point in that hockey game if it wasn't for how good he played. And similar to Pickard against Anaheim, like the goalies just make enough saves to keep them around and let the Oilers take off in the third period, which has been a weird thing with them over the last little bit. These surges late in hockey games, they're just, for whatever reason, not coming out of the gates well at all. And I think we've seen it sink them, obviously, a bit against a team like L.A. and against a bad team like Anaheim. They had a chance to linger around and then win against Detroit. I mean, if Detroit just wasn't turning over the puck as much and if Stuart Skinner wasn't as good, like the Oilers are probably down by a couple going into the third. Yeah, that's uh, totally fair. Tyler Ramchuk uh, joins us. Ty, to me, the most glaring area the Oilers have to improve between now and the deadline is their fourth line. Like, it just, they, they, they need two new guys on that fourth line. You, we can argue over which one stays. But they need a fourth line center. They need some size and speed on that line. It's it's just not working at all, it, and it hasn't been very good for a while. Like they're not contributing offensively. And I know people say Sam Gagne, and God, I love Sam Gagne, but you know what? I'm not I'm not sold that 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 he's you know going to score at the pace he was all year long. I think that's probably unrealistic. Um, the, the more I watch it, like I really their fourth line, like they have no identity. They're, they don't bring anything. Yeah, I am with you. Matthias Janmark, listen, I know Connor Brown is the, you know, butt of all the jokes because he doesn't have a single goal this year, but Matthias Janmark has one and it like went in off his chest. Like it's not like he's been wildly productive this year. And I know they both do good things on the penalty kill, but if you want to build a forward group that is capable of winning a Stanley Cup, you can't have basically when Derek Ryan's in there too, because he has not been good as of late either. It feels like three black holes offensively on the fourth line and people just shrug and go, ah, but they can kill penalties. Okay, well, to build a you know well-rounded Stanley Cup caliber forward group, you can't just have a bunch of guys who are just PK specialists. So I agree. I think they need two forwards between now and the deadline. I don't think it needs to be, and I know you've brought up Nick Dowd. I don't think you need to just go out and get guys who can be fourth liners. I think the Oilers can accomplish it by getting a top six piece, getting a third line piece, and then shuffling guys down a little bit. I would like to see Dylan Holloway get a longer run as a centerman as well. I think that's something, you know, we saw them do the DeHarnay nurse thing to see what they have ahead of the deadline. I think giving Dylan Holloway three straight games at center, it's an interesting see what you have thing because maybe that changes your plans. You could. The only problem is if you put Holloway now at your fourth line center, unless you're saying McLeod moves to the wing. Is that what you're saying? Are you going to put Holloway? Because if you put Holloway as your fourth line center, that means one of Brown, Gagne, Yanmark is going to, or Ryan has to be in your top nine. That's. Yeah, I think what I'm saying is put McLeod to the wing. Okay. Like I, was look, I was looking at the numbers, and I have a piece that's going up right away at OilersNation.com about this. Holloway, Fogle, and McLeod. Like, in theory, that line feels like it should work really well. And I give him credit because they, they've only gotten scored on once when they've been on the ice together, but mm-hmm. we're just over 55 on five minutes of them as a line, and they haven't scored as a trio yet. Like, I don't think that's working. And you look at McLeod and Fogle, 
it was really working. Their best hockey this year came when they were playing with Leon Drysaddle. I think McLeod is a better winger, and I want to give Dylan Holloway a little bit of leash as a centerman to see if maybe you got something there. He looked good as a centerman by all reports down in Bakersfield. Yeah. No, that's, uh, you know what? Well, he did play center for a shift maybe two last night. Uh, he was the right winger, left winger, and uh, center, and then, of course, uh, did score the goal. He's got three goals in his last ten games. So, um, you know, Dylan Holloway, to me, uh, uh, he's showing a lot. Of, he It's arrows up for him. And where he's going, he's still, you know, there's elements of his game he's got to learn. There's no question. It's kind of like a rookie overall, really. Like, Blaster didn't play a whole bunch in my eyes. But um, he, to me, is trending in the right direction. And uh, there's, like, I think Dylan Holloway, in, a, in two years from now, people are like, man. Like, because there's lots there to like about his game. And I do think uh, the next step for him, I don't know when, but I won't be surprised if you start to see him sneaking on a little bit of penalty killing time uh, down the road uh, as well. I know uh, I talked to Mark Stewart and that's, that's a guy that they'd like to incorporate a little bit on their, their penalty kill here uh, moving forward. Um, you get on the road trip. Where would you play Calvin Pickard? Ooh, where do I go with Calvin Pickard on the road trip? I honestly would probably be tempted to throw him out there tomorrow against St. Louis. I don't know if you saw the Blues only had like 17 shots against the Leafs last night and yeah. lost to a very, very depleted Toronto Maple Leafs team. So I know St. Louis back on home ice, but when I look Dallas on Saturday, that's a really good team in Dallas. I don't know if I want my backup going there. Arizona feels like a natural spot for for Pickard as well, but I don't know. Pickard, I thought, was good against Anaheim. And the thing is, you probably need to start finding a few extra spots for Pickard and not just playing him in the back-to-backs or in the three and fours or whatever. So I'd be tempted to go with him tomorrow, if I'm being honest. He's passed every test you've put in front of him. So why not see if he can handle a you know half-decent Blues team? Yeah, like I had it starting last night. The Oilers had 34 games left. I had Skinner playing 22 and Pickard playing 12 of them. Now, he plays a little bit more late because the orders have uh, lots of back-to-backs in late March and, and early April, so he gets in there. But I, I had him actually, I was debating, I have him in Arizona, but he's definitely going to play then probably against uh, Minnesota, so he'll play two games next week. Right. Uh, it might be Monday, Friday. It might be Monday, Saturday. I think I actually had a Monday, Saturday uh, where Skinner would play uh, Wednesday and Friday. And then uh, Pickard would play the uh, the Calgary game. And then the following week, I'm going to give him that game in Seattle for sure. And I, I think he's starting to play one game a week. And the odd time you mix in with two uh, for Pickard. And it, it is fair. You, you might go against the Blues, but I think, you know, Stu Skinner, um, he likes to play at least three. So to me, it was I was I, I won't be surprised because Knobloch's done this before. He's not afraid to, you know, going even back to, you know, when uh, um, he put Pickard in, you know, he didn't give him the Islanders who couldn't score, but he gave him New Jersey Devils who were a pretty offensive team and he beat them. Right. And then, he, you know, he's played uh, Detroit, beat them earlier in the year. So it's not like he's giving it. He's not going to give him Boston. I, th- I think we can all agree with that. But um, and so I agree with you, because if he doesn't give him tomorrow, I'd be surprised if he put him up against St. Louis, I mean, against Dallas. Right can't see that yeah dallas is one of those like a team that's right at the top of the conference leading their division right now i don't think you want to give your back up that one which is why i said st louis but you need to find work for him i was just looking while you were talking there six more sets of back-to-backs for the oilers between now and the end of the season like january was a cakewalk because it was the same schedule every week tuesday thursday saturday tuesday thursday saturday i know you brought it up the other day too like 34 games in 60 some days like it's basically more than a game every two days this is you're gonna need Pickard to play 10 11 12 times so I don't know I'd go with him against St. Louis tomorrow why not Blues didn't look great against Toronto roll of the dice yeah they actually have seven sets of back-to-back still um starting uh next week at home the rare uh home uh back-to-back uh Ty what is your uh 
Do Do you have a favorite go to on Valentine's Day as a as a gift to your lovely girlfriend? So I I am very lucky for many reasons. One of which is that we're both on the same page, not big Valentine's people. So I get a total pass. I don't have to go buy jewelry or anything. We just got to spend the night together. So tonight we're like doing homemade pizza and we got a movie picked out. And like, I know I'm in the clear. There's going to be no passive aggressiveness or anything. I am golden with just that. All I do is go to the grocery store, Greg. So I'm very lucky in that regard. Oof. All right. Well, uh, enjoy your, uh, your non-Valentine's Valentine's evening. And uh, yeah. we will chat with you uh, tomorrow morning on the rundown. See you then. Thanks, Jay. That's uh, Talia, Rem- Talia Remchuk from uh, Oilers Nation and uh, the Daily Faceoff uh, Rundown. That You can uh, watch at dailyfaceoff.com and, of course, uh, on YouTube. Uh, coming up, uh, who is it Wednesday? A uh, gentleman who played over uh, 15 years pro career in uh, four different leagues. NHL, the American League, two different leagues in Europe. Uh, is also uh, Shona Strudwick's favorite NHL player that uh, she's not married to. And uh, uh, a pride of Alberta, a small, well, I guess not that small, but uh, a town, or maybe it's a city now. God, I should know this. Is it a city? Spruce Grove a city? I think it's a city. Is Spruce Grove a city or a town? And Spruce Groveians, tell me, is it a city or a town? It is a city. A city, yes. Yeah, okay, it's a city. So, yeah, from the city of Spruce Grove. You know the answer? 833-401-1440. Here's the con man. Sports 1440 update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. Stay warm all winter at LegacyHeating.ca. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.